0: From the book of Leviticus, chapter 2, verse 13, you will find these words. And every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. This morning, in our series of lessons on what's in the Bible anyway. In the third book of the Bible, the book of Leviticus, chapter two, verse 13, Our sermon title today will be Grain Offering. Grain Offering. In previous sermons, we have watched the history of the children of Israel. They have been in bondage to the Egyptians, and they have been. and they have been troubled, they have been hurting under the mean-spirited Pharaoh. And they began to cry out to the Lord, and the Lord heard their cry. And the Lord sent a man by the name of Moses to go tell that mean old Pharaoh to let my people go. And so through Moses, God delivered the children of Israel. They marched out of that city. They marched out of that country. They marched out of that nation and they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground because the Lord blessed Moses to be able to part it and them to walk across on dry ground. In the book of Exodus, we studied that the reason why they needed to be there is because God wanted to get them away from the Egyptians so that they could be in a place to themselves so they could worship God. See, God does not want you just anywhere worshiping him. But he wants you set apart. He wants you together as his children So that you can worship him in spirit and in truth. And today children that's why you have church. You have church to be set apart. To be brought out of the world. And all the people that you know who do not praise and do not worship God. So that you can be among your people. Yours who worship the Lord and call yourselves Christians. So in this text we find as we work up to this, God is teaching the Israelites how to worship. He's teaching them through symbol what it means to worship God. And on last month, we found out that the first offering was called the burnt offering. And we talked about the very fact that there was this great courtyard that was over 75 feet wide and over 150 feet long. And there was only one way in. And when the Israelites walked through that door, they were confronted with this big metal container. They were confronted with this big metal container that had fire coming out of the top. And that container was called the altar. It was called the altar because it was the place by which sacrifices would be brought. And so they had to bring sacrifices of bulls, of lambs, and of doves, of birds, of lambs, and of bulls. And what we found out is that God required that those bulls and those lambs and those birds They could not have any spots on them. They couldn't have any blemishes. They couldn't have anything that stood out to show that they were not perfect. And we know that these things were symbols. We talked about this thing called a symbol. And so now this symbol of a bull, a lamb, and a turtle dove was all symbolizing your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because the blemishes symbolize sin, disobedience, children. And that Jesus Christ was sinless. He never disobeyed his father. And Jesus Christ is the one whom we pattern. That we learn not to disobey our parents. It's by Jesus Christ. That you can worship God. And so if you do not have Jesus Christ. In your heart. Then you cannot truly worship God. What do I mean by that? I mean that you would ask. Jesus Christ to come and live In your heart. You say to the Lord. You say Lord. I am a sinner. I am disobedient. But Lord forgive me. Forgive me of doing things. That you wouldn't have me to do. Forgive me of doing things. That my parents wouldn't have me to do. But Lord you come and live. In me. Lord you come and live in my heart. Because I want to please you. It's at the altar. And we find that these animals were killed at the altar and blood was sprinkled around the altar. That was a symbol of what Jesus Christ did for all of us when he died on the cross one Friday evening. One Friday evening, Jesus Christ's blood was was shed for you and for me. And somebody here today may be asking, why did his blood need to be shed for me? Everyone in here has sinned. Everybody in here has disobeyed when they should have obeyed. Everybody has been stubborn. Everybody has been going left when they should have gone right. Should have been in the when they were outside of the house, they have done things that we shouldn't have done. And because of that, we deserve an everlasting home in the lake of fire where there's turmoil and torment forevermore, where we will burn and never burn up but suffer. But Jesus understood that and he loved each and every one of us so much. That he decided to die in our place. That's why Jesus had to die one Friday evening. He had to die so you wouldn't have to die. He had to die so I wouldn't have to die. Because there was a payment that I could not pay. And that was a payment for my disobedience and my sin. But praise be to God. That's why we say That say to the Lord, lift up the Lord and praise. That's why we say to say thank you Jesus because he did something for each and every one of us that we could never do for ourselves and that is he died in our place and so we find out in order to learn how to worship God we first have to get Jesus in our hearts because without Jesus you cannot get God, You cannot get to the Father except through Jesus
1: Christ.
0: And so now we're moving on to the second chapter of Leviticus. Here in verse 13 and we're talking about the grain offering. Now that the children of Israel has now taken their sacrifices to the altar and have them burned and that the blood was sprinkled for their salvation. Now it's time to start praising the Lord. It's now time to start doing what you want to do for the Lord because he's been so good to you. The grain offering. The grain offering was a voluntary offering. What that means is, is that it was an offering that you could decide to do or not to do. You didn't have to do the grain offering. But if you did not do the grain offering, you weren't worshiping God. The Bible text says that in every offering of your grain offering, you shall season with salt. Remember that these offerings are symbols. They are are objects that represent something else that's the real thing. And so the grain offering represents that which we want to do for God on our own and do it with excellency. Because the grain offering was supposed to be the best of the fruits of their land, the best of their harvest, the best of their vegetation, the best that they had grown was the grain offering. And now for us, because that is a symbol, what it means to us is that what we do for the Lord has, been, has to be the best. Whatever you do for the Lord, you do it with your best. You don't have step God. you don't play with God. Whatever you do, you do it wholeheartedly, you give him your best. So what does it mean, children, for you to give him your best? The grain offering is an offering that could be given every day. Just like the burnt offering was given morning and evening, the grain offering is to be given every day. What this lets us know, children, is that every day, you have the opportunity to give God your best. How am I going to give God my best? When you are in school and you are learning your lessons, you learn it as your best. You don't mess around and study just a little bit and then try to get by. But you give it your all to be as good and to know as much as you can. You give it your best. When you're in school and you're saying, well, hey, I just need to get enough to pass. You're not worshiping God. Christians don't just go to school to pass. We go to school to excel. Because the one we serve, Jesus Christ, is a more excellent way. He excelled and we should excel. We don't just go to class and do just enough. We do the best. And God takes care of the rest. So if you're going to worship God, you're going to say, I am a worshiper of God. Every day you go to school and you're learning, you give it your best. That is your offering, your grain offering to the Lord. And when you take your test, you test your best. When you are in athletics, you do what you do your best. If you are a runner, you run your best. If you are a basketball player, you play basketball your best. If you are a football player, you play football your best. Half stepping is not good enough. You say, Well, I give 90%. I give 95%. Matter of fact, I give 99%. That ain't good enough because 99 and a half won't do. He wants 100% of you. He wants you to do your best. Because Jesus Christ did his best for you. There can't be any more greater work. There can't be anything better than him dying in your place. That is the ultimate best that he gave his life for you. So in our grain offering. We must understand that it's all about giving our best. It is when we are at home and we are told to do our chores, we do it with our best. We don't have clean up our rooms. We don't have do the dishes. We do it our best. If there's half of the dishes are left when you're done, you haven't done your best. If clothes are still on the floor, when you're supposed to have cleaned up your room, you haven't done your best. You haven't worshiped God every day. You get an opportunity to worship him every day of your life in every situation by doing your best. Chores are not a thing to look at to mean something that you don't want to do. It's something to realize that there's another opportunity to give God glory. Another opportunity to worship the God whom you say that you love. But you got to do it with your best. Whatever you do, you do it with all that you have. When you come to church and the worship leader is saying to sing... You sing your best. Amen. Don't sit there with sad sack faces and look like God ain't done nothing for you. All right. You open your mouth and you sing. Amen. And somebody may say, well, I can't sing. Well, what does that mean? You lift your voice anyway. God knows what he has given you and he expects you to give him that which you have. Because whether or not you are in tune as everybody else, your song is an offering unto the Lord. And it is pleasing unto Him. But He wants you to open your mouth. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He says, lift up praises to Him with your mouth. And lift up your hands. Sometimes you just got to do like this sometimes and say, which is praise the Lord. Sometimes you have to holler out and say, Lord, thank you. Because God, you've been so good to me. You're sitting in these seats today and you have a church. And that is a blessing from the Lord. You're not hurting and in pain. You're not racking in a hospital somewhere with pneumonia. You ought to be able to say to the Lord, thank you. Because you've given me another day. And not just another day, but you're giving me health and you're giving me strength. This is my offering to you Lord, thank you and when I praise you I'm going to praise you with all I got right now I'm giving a grain offering because God has gifted me to preach and so now I'm preaching with all I got because I'm saying Lord you gave your best and so you in the pews are just as much as I am, you are in those chairs your best is listening with all intent or listening careful to learn everything from the word, so that you, you can say, Lord, I've given you my best. That is our grain offering. But looking at this text, the last thing that I want to point out today is that in verse 13 it says, And every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. This text says, You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salts. This symbol, salt, symbolizes flavor. It symbolizes an everlasting flavor. You want to know that when Jesus Christ saves your soul, that your soul is saved not just today, not just tomorrow, but you are saved forevermore. You don't want to have to live a few days and then go to hell. You want to know that God has your back and he's going to take care of you from now henceforth and forevermore and he takes you back to heaven. The Bible says believe in God. Jesus says also believe in me for in my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so I would have told you. He says and I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare that place I will come again and receive you unto myself. That there you will be with me also. You got to know that that promise is for sure. You don't want to find out that after you have lived this life thinking that you're going on your way to heaven is that you end up in hell. You want to know that Jesus Christ has you in the palm of his hand and by no means will any man snatch you from his hands. So children, everything you do needs to have flavor. Because Jesus Christ not only saved you, but he said that he would give you life and life more abundant. Everything you do has to have flavor. Amen. See, you can make a hundred on a test and it still not have flavor. All right. Because all you did is the night before you crammed for that test. You got all the information in your head just to put it out on the test just to forget it. Yeah, that's, right. that's not doing it with flavor. Doing it with flavor means I'm going to learn this material, I'm going to learn these lessons, not just to learn it for just one test, but to use it throughout my life, to make it part of my life so that I can use it going forth. That's flavor. Flavor is when you pass a division test or a multiplication test, and then years later, you're just as excellent with it when you're 22 and you're as excellent at 42. That's when you do it with flavor. When you sing a song, you can sing the song and have every word right and every note right. But it's still not with flavor. Flavor is when you put your heart in it and you feel something deep down inside when you sing no song. Now you sing it with flavor. It's not just singing a song saying, Jesus, keep me near the cross. You know, we don't do it like that. We say, Jesus key. That's flavor. That's bringing what I have to the table. That's bringing not just the words, but how I feel in my heart about Jesus Christ. And that's how you have to be. Does that make sense, children? you got to do it with flavor. And so as I close with this small sermon for you this morning, don't forget, whatever you do day in and day out, if you're going to worship the Lord, you've got to worship the Lord with flavor. You've got to do your best and not just try to pass and get by, but do the more excellent work like Jesus did when he excellently died for you on the cross. But the Bible says not only was he excellent in his death, but he was excellent in his burial. The Bible prophesied that Jesus would die and he would be in the grave for three days. When Jesus died, they put him in a borrowed tomb. And by excellency, he didn't get up after 24 hours. He got up after three days. Why? Because he was supposed to do it excellently. He didn't want to do it halfway. He wanted to do it the way it needed to be done. And so early... One Sunday morning, Jesus Christ got up with all power in his hand. And that Jesus right now is calling on each and every one of you. For those of you who do not know him as your savior, to get to know him today. His arms are open wide and he's willing to bring you into his home. He's willing to live in you and make you what he wants you to be. But it starts with saying, Lord, have mercy. It starts with saying, Lord, I have been disobedient. Lord, would you forgive me? Jesus, would you come into my heart and live in me so that I can be all you want me to be? But until that happens, you are not worshiping God. You can do all you do. You can have great lessons. You can do have great scores on your lessons, but you get the cart before the horse. This text shows us in chapter one, it was the altar and it was the burnt offering, which means where we get Jesus into our life because he's died for us. And then comes the grain offering, not the grain offering first. So I am encouraging you today to get Jesus in your life, to say, Lord, come in and live in me. And then now I can give him the best that I have. I can run for him. I can shoot for him. I can tackle for him. I can sing for him. I can write for him. I can study for him. I can do all these things and they count to be pleasing unto the Lord. You can give your life to the Lord today. The doors of the church are open. You can come just as you are. You can give your life to him today. He loves you so much. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for everyone, past, present, and future. And most importantly, he died for you. So if you don't know him today as your Savior and Lord, if you have not said, Jesus Christ Lord, come and live in me. Lord, forgive me of my sins and live your life in me. Right now is time to come and live. Right now is time to come and ask the Lord Jesus to live in your heart.